The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience. Talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia. Good evening, America. We've just been talking to our lovely radio technician, Rebel, who was in the midst of a tornado yesterday and has been struggling with lots of things technical, and she still managed to get us live today. We have our guests live online already, but before I introduce them to you, I just want to check in with everyone listening today. Um, Don't forget that you can jump on to RadioTony.com and you can uh, connect with me and like my socials, ask any questions you want. You can see all the guests who are coming up on the show and the show notes and the podcasts of the live shows. So thank you for joining us today on Radio Tony. Uh, Tony Lontis is your host. Our guests today are David David Dashinger and Tamara Green and we'll be talking to them in a little while. Uh, I want to know just how everyone's doing. In Australia, we have managed to uh, go through this coronavirus pandemic a little less unscathed than many of our Western counterparts. We are starting to slowly come out of lockdown situations. This weekend is actually a long weekend for us and we are going to be able to do some of the things that we haven't been able to do for the longest time. Really, it's not that long in the scheme of life, but it feels like the longest time. Many people are suffering from cabin fever Many people are struggling with mental health issues and that's why it's really important today that we have our guests on the show because they are the co-founders of Loving Meditations. David is a featured author, a Grammy-nominated composer who has scored inspiring music for America's most celebrated sporting events and TV shows. Over 1.5 billion people have heard his music on CBS broadcasts of the Super Bowl, the Masters and NFL games. David is a survivor of stage 4 head and neck lymphatic cancer. Kamara is the author, speaker and trainer whom Elle magazine referred to as the soul-centred psychotherapist and meditation facilitator. 
She combines her many years of professional training and her life experience as a caregiver to create powerfully effective guided meditations that have helped thousands to achieve peace, love and well-being. Together, this married couple have created transformative mindfulness programs that help patients and carers dramatically reduce stress, anxiety, pain and discomfort throughout their medical ordeal. Living Calm with Cancer is the book by uh, David and Tamara and it is on Amazon for everyone and you can load it free. They have an app called Loving Meditations and you can download that from the App Store and enjoy Loving Meditations Waiting Room TV. So Josh, Rebel is okay. Just a little uh, practice this morning. She lost power yesterday and had to do lots of to get the shows live on air today. Uh, James says, it's driving me nuts that I was not there with her. She went, yes, James, thank you. You are such a loving person and I'm so glad that you're there to check up on our gorgeous rebel who spends so much of her time getting us live on air, which we all appreciate and we love her dearly for that. Uh, Penny says, if uh, everything is going, I hope she's okay. Yes, Penny, uh, Rebel's okay. She's just a little shaken up because it was a powerful storm yesterday. Yes, Sarah, it's a horrible thing for people to go through tornadoes, cyclones, and the worst that Mother Nature can send us. So before we talk live to our guest today, we're going to jump on to a quick break and then we'll be coming back and we'll have a wonderful conversation with these two amazing human beings. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook and audio formats, Resilience is a true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. Good morning and welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Radio Tony Live and I'm your host, Tony Londis. Today we have two amazing guests and they are joining us live from New York. And before we get into their amazing meditation work, I just want to check in with you both. How are you doing this morning? We are doing quite well. Thank you, Tony. Yes, and we're so happy to be here. I'm delighted to have you here. Um, we have been reading the news out of New York and the terrible fight that the New Yorkers have had with this terrible virus. Um, I'm guessing you guys, I know, David, you've been going to work. What about you? And I'm going to say Tamara, but it's Camera, isn't it? It's um, Tamara with a T. I think you're Tamara. saying that right. Yep. Okay, Tamara. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> so, guys, how has been? How has it been living in New York under these conditions? Well, it's been quite extraordinary uh, since we've also lived through 9/11 and the yes. aftermath of that, um, and 
coupled with the fact, as you mentioned, I'm still going to work um, as a career fire firefighter, yeah. that uh, it's really just putting us in situations that you know you see in in disaster movies, and now it's it's real life. Um, there's just scenarios that one never would have dreamt of, like no traffic, like you know lines to get into stores, like uh, fear, a uh, sense of fear, a sense of uncertainty and worry that um, is not typical for New Yorkers. And yeah. uh, at the same time, you know, life so goes on, and huh. we have to be resilient. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you guys, I can't help but feel for New Yorkers more than anyone else, knowing what you guys have been through, and uh, have have gone through just recently. You you made a tough stuff over there, yeah. <laughs> we have to be. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't make it in New York, you can't make it anywhere, as the song goes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I've had, um, you know, a number of times have had to make condolence calls for uh, loved ones who have passed because of uh, either coronavirus or uh, we work with a lot of cancer patients and uh, the caregivers who care for them and they lost their loved ones. Um, so there's just a lot of souls leaving this planet right now. That's for sure. That's, it's really, um, I know that my soul has felt so heavy over this time and I'm told that a lot of empaths across the world are feeling very much the same way. It's a, a, a heaviness that and a, a sadness that is quite difficult to release and I know that during the show we're going to talk about some of the releasing of those uh less than wonderful feelings. Um, Before we do, I just want to let the listeners know that I've just put up uh, David and Tamara's website, which is called lovingmeditations.com, and it's a beautiful site. And before we get into talking more about your wonderful collaboration of Loving Meditations, I just want to touch briefly with David's uh, fight for stage four cancer. And before I do that, David, Greg wants you to know Thank you for your service as a firefighter. Um, I'm sure it's been incredibly challenging for you during this time. And Tamara, have you been in lockdown whilst David's going to work? Or have you been managing to do some of your very valuable work as well? Shelter in place, uh, working out of the home and doing all my support groups online. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, David, so... What was your life like before and after your stage four cancer diagnosis and how long ago are we talking about? Right. I, I'll i just touch on how I found out that I had cancer yes. and that was in the, the fall of 2013. I went for a haircut at my friendly barber, Fast Freddy. And, uh, <laughs> what a great and, name for a barber. Yeah, he's the best. Uh in the middle of the haircut, Fred said, what is that on your neck? And I looked in the mirror and saw a lump the size of a walnut, which uh, didn't feel, didn't know I had it. And that started the whole cancer journey. But um, you asked, what was it like before? I was the poster child for good health. I was the guy who worked out and ate well and um, you know looked younger than my years and um, 
so life was good and I was totally, you know, sort of addicted to the continuity, the, the fact that it was good and I had no reason to believe it wasn't going to continue like that. Yeah. Um, however, when that cancer diagnosis comes down, especially when you hear stage four cancer, it's not that different from what we all just went through with coronavirus. Yeah. Life yeah. is now no longer the same. You're now changing literally all of your uh, behaviors, your patterns, your daily life routines, and it becomes centered around the cancer or the as, as we're all seeing right now, the coronavirus. Yeah. Some questions coming in for us, David. Um, Jaden wants you to know, is it hard being in that line of work? So as a firefighter, I'm guessing it's a pretty hard job. There are challenges on a daily basis, um, physical challenges, problem-solving challenges, um, just um, dealing with logistics and, and keeping up with all the new technology. And there's so much to know that you could never stop training, never stop learning. But we do it because we love it. We love being of service, and uh, we certainly love um, you know, being in a position to help people solve uh, crises and emergencies. Yeah. Izzy wants to know, did you do this job whilst you had your cancer? Right. I had to stop. Yes. And it's one of the things that really uh, saddened me was to have to stop working. But there was no way I could continue my treatment. Uh, it was such intense okay. treatment of chemotherapy and radiation that um, work was not an option. So uh, I unfortunately had to stop for several months. Yeah. Wensi wants to know, how can you manage to stay so strong? We might park that question, Wensi, for just a little while because we're going to talk about some of those things that help you stay strong under crisis in a little while. Hetty wants to know, what happened? How did this happen to you? And can you pull through this? We might answer that one. Sure. Um, Obviously, David's wonderfully, fabulously back at work and uh, working as a firefighter. So, uh, yes, he has pulled through. Um, and that lump on your neck was the only and first sign of your diagnosis, David? That's right. And I didn't know it was there until someone else pointed it out, but... Uh, in fact, it meant that it had traveled into my lymphatic system yeah. in my neck, and it had started uh, on my tongue. Um, and I wanted to mention that uh, firefighters have a much, much higher rate of cancer um, diagnosis and, um, unfortunately, death than the general population because we're exposed to such uh, toxic chemicals. And that's even though you take all the precautions of masks um, and protective gear, you're still at that higher risk level by virtue of being a firefighter, David, yeah? Correct. The culture has gotten a lot better. There's a lot better procedures and equipment to help um, protect us even better or to wash off some of these toxic um, chemicals uh, sooner than we typically did in the past. Yeah. Um, Hedy also wants to know, uh, sorry, Brianna wants to know, what would you need to change at that point that you found out? Great question, Brianna. Well, I'd say for me, I was in such a state of shock and disbelief that I was just 
listening to what the doctors were telling us um, in, in the very first couple of days. And after the, the, the gravity of it sunk in, then we started to try to find a way to shift out of this sense of, you know, why did this happen to me? Uh, what did I do to deserve this? And the victim mentality into, okay, this is, this is, we're living with this now. How can we shift this into a more positive experience? And we actually found ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Caleb wants to know, how is it to be married to, and this is for Tamara, how is it to be married to David and go through this? And this leads into the next thing that we wanted to talk about um, is the stress that is created when you're given a cancer diagnosis. So there's a stress and a, and a, and a grieving process at the initial diagnosis and then you start to go into treatment, which is never pleasant Never nice. So, Tamara, what was that like for you to support David at this time? You know, uh, David is the only man I've ever loved in my entire life. And um, he's a, <laughs> he's, I'm so proud of him sitting here next to him. And yeah. Yeah, I really am. I'm so, um, I'm so in awe of who he is uh, as a person. He, he really is, is a, a man of service. And I'm very proud to be his wife. And I thought no one could ever have as much love for somebody as me. But then cancer happened. Yeah. And I even became more in awe of him. And I have to admit that we did kind of start. He, David went into shock and denial. He kind of stopped he couldn't hear anything. He didn't even yeah. hear the words, you have stage four cancer when the doctor told him, but I sure heard it because I was there in that doctor's office with him. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit in the beginning, I was freaked out and oh my goodness, what's going to happen to my wonderful husband. Also, our 13-year-old son at the time was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, oh. and mm -hmm. <laughs> Same week. They were both diagnosed in the same week. So it was um, a lot going on all of a sudden. So I have to admit, I was pretty much freaking out, not sleeping through the night, very worried. <laughs> and, you know, all, all my, um, you know, I'm a psychotherapist and all the things I would tell my clients to do yeah. to, to stay calm and stress-free just went right out the window because <laughs> it was happening to us. Yes. But <clears throat> there was a point when I went to bed crying and just saying, please, just just show me the way here. Just show me the way because I could just see how brutal the treatment was for David and how sick our son was and already feeling pretty ragged a few weeks in after the diagnosis. And um, just something came over me. Uh, something amazing came over me uh, the next morning I was... Um, kind of reminded as I tuned into my, my, you know, my higher self, the wise one within me. And I realized, you know, I really do have uh, what it takes to go back to my, uh, my meditation practice, my gratitude, uh, journaling practice, and my uh, self care practices. And, you know, let me do that. I need it now more than ever. And wonderful David was so supportive of, of that as well. So, um, so 
So from that point, I just got really, really calm and very mindful in everything that I was doing. Um, But I do want to say, kind of circling back to that original question, Tony, that the caregiver, their normal is just like David's normal of going to work was no longer there. It's also true for the caregiver as well. We're we're on a a journey as well. Exactly. And uh, in those times of adversity, it's incredibly difficult to do those self-care meditative normal steps because you're in such a time of trauma and stress and it but it becomes even more important to do those things to keep yourself calm was that your experience Tamara? Absolutely a thousand percent Um, I even was able to create an intention that I will remain calm and always know what to do and that was like a mantra that I would um, repeat to myself every day, especially in the morning. And sure enough, there were times that were very scary. I didn't know if I should be calling um, the ambulance for David or, or what, and didn't have to, um, because I, I did calm down and I did know what to do. And it it was really about remaining present and um, calm. Yes. Yeah. And those tips and things that you learned during that time, they're so applicable for the world at crisis at the moment, aren't they? They certainly are. <laughs> Very because true. Not, not only is there this this virus that no one knows a lot about, and let's face it, it's, it's only been in existence since possibly December. So the knowledge that everyone has about this virus is limited so that in itself causes people stress and then you add to that lockdown losing jobs uh changes to the way that we do life that's incredibly stressful for humans mm-hmm. yeah. and removal of that stress or reduction of that stress is really important so what are your top tips tomorrow Oh, I have so many. <laughs> yes, yes, please share. So, yeah, I, so I'm going to start by saying um, the, and, and this is certainly, David can, t- can attest yes. to how present I was with him uh, during his whole um, uh, treatment and how he felt. He felt, he told me that that was one of the most healing um, experiences for him was my calm, my presence. And presence really is, um, when you're in the present moment, it's you're not in stress for the most part, unless right then and there you're, you're dealing with a crisis, but um, anxiety is focused more on the future and, and what if, what if, and worried about it and a lot of fear. Oh oh my gosh, I hope I don't, um, you know, experience this again, like last time, am I going to, you know, whatever, pass out, whatever the fear is. So presence is really where it's at. So everything that I'm going to, every tip I'm going to give you is really about once again, bringing it back to the present moment. So let's start with some really unusual stuff 
probably what most people don't hear as uh-huh. like mindfulness techniques. And one of them is, and we, David and I would do this quite a bit when we were waiting, waiting, waiting for, you know, medical services yeah. or the doctor. So in the room, we would find just anything at all, anything on the wall and the, on the floor, the ceiling that would catch our eye, uh, whether it was like a, a shape or let's say, you know, a rectangle wall hanging or a round um, doorknob or whatever it happened to be, we would take a moment and look at that object and just to ourselves, not saying it out loud, we would just describe it to ourselves. Hmm, you know, I think that's about 10 inches tall and 12 inches wide. And the color is, you know, gold uh, on the outside, you know, reflective, kind of that reflective glass where the um, the glasses on the wall painting, it, it, wall hanging and the, uh, the texture. And if we were to hold it in our hands, what's the weight? So what you're doing, you're not judging it, whether you like it or not, you're just yeah. describing it to yourself. And of course, what happens, you get right there in the present moment. Mm-hmm. It, and in those moments, you're not focused on what you're so afraid of. And it's very calming to do it. So we call that counting shapes or focusing on on different shapes or objects around the room, on the ceiling. Even It could even be a shadow on the wall. It doesn't matter. But it's quite effective. <laughs> you just go from one object to the next, to the next, to the next, and you'll find yourself feeling quite calm. And- That's just one tip. That's about taking your mind. So when your body is stressed and when you are under stress, your mind goes into a a primitive brain, so that fight or flight, which takes you out of your logical thinking brain and and puts you in that, that stress mode. And that simple activity that you've just described takes your brain out of stress and fight or flight and puts you back into your logical thinking brain. Is that mm-hmm. my correct understanding, Tamara? Yes. Yep. Um, if I could jump in here. Yes, um, yeah, the mind, the mind loves certain things like cataloging or, um, yeah, just having like um, the, the sequence of going through things like that, numbering something. Um, it really does put us into the thinking brain. And the good thing is that um, when we're in that fight or flight, we're creating the stress hormone cortisol, which actually is going to uh, make our immune system worse. And if we're dealing with illness or we're afraid of uh, of an illness like the coronavirus, we certainly don't want to weaken our immune systems any more than we have to. Yeah, and stress has a direct impact on our immune systems. Mm-hmm. Guys, Zara wants to know how we know what brain we're in. Do either of you want to answer that for me? Um, the um, You kind of uh, faded out there for a second. Can you repeat the question, please, Donna? <laughs> Zara wants to know, how do we know what brain we are in? So what, what sorts of behaviours are you exhibiting when you're stressed versus when you're focused and calm? Okay, sure. Absolutely. Whenever you are stressed, the energy that you are in is heavy. It tends to be quite heavy and dense, and it doesn't feel good. And your 
you've activated the amygdala, which is a part of that fight, flight, or freeze response, right? And and I please tell me if I'm answering this um, answering this the in terms of the question that's yes. being asked, but. But when you're in a state of calm, it suddenly feels much lighter, more expanded. So fear, um, any kind of judgment usually brings on some kind of fear, worry, uh, anxiety, and it has a very contractive, energetically, it's quite contractive. But when you're in calm, you're in the present moment, you're not really engaging your thinking mind too much. You're just kind of being with with what is it's a very expansive energetic experience and light and it usually feels floaty and pretty good and everyone has that capacity to take themselves from that heavy stressed anxious feeling to that calmness and here's where i wanted david to talk about one minute to calm what does that mean david Well, research has shown that it's actually not necessary to, say, be sitting in a lotus position for 45 minutes meditating to get the benefit. Um, You can actually shift into that state of presence that Tamara is talking about in as as little as one minute. And um, there are various ways to do that, Um, not only by doing um, what we call sort of mental activities, but also physical activities like stretching or yawning. And um, so we found that you can shift very quickly and be very present in a very short amount of time. And you can do it in public or places where you, you, know, you wouldn't necessarily sit down and start meditating, but could yeah. be online at the pharmacy or uh, sometimes uh, in, in other settings. And it just takes 60 seconds, you're saying, David? Yes. Um, actually, if you'd like, we can do a quick one and show I you what would, it's all about. I think that that would be amazing, if that's okay with you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. I love it when you ask that question, Tony. <laughs> oh, look, I, I'll be the first one to admit that I struggle with uh, anxiety and I mm-hmm do lots of these things uh, but my key is remembering to when you're in that moment that you are stressed and anxious and you have the power to change so knowing all these things and then attaching the action to get you out of that place is the bit that I struggle with so yes please tell us okay Okay, so we're going to do a, a breathing technique, uh, especially with coronavirus or any other crisis that's going on in your life. You really want to focus on being grounded as much as possible. So we're going to uh, act like a tree and grow some roots here. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you can, everybody who's listening, uh, unless you're driving, please just focus on your driving. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be sitting very relaxed, but sitting up, like sitting erect, but relaxed, like lowering your shoulders and trying to put your feet flat on the floor if that's possible. And you're going to start by breathing in through your nose and expanding your diaphragm. So opening your lower belly as you breathe in 
exhale out of your mouth and just consciously lowering that energy out of your head down, 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 down your body to your feet, feet, feet. Breathe in through your nose, expand your soft belly. Exhale out of your mouth, lowering the energy out of your head and down, down the body to the feet, 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 feet. Breathing in through your nose, open your belly. Exhale, lower all that energy down your body to your feet, 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 feet. Now, as if your feet are like sponges and they have pores, you breathe in through the pores of your feet. You exhale and it's like you're growing roots right out of the bottom of your feet down into the earth. Breathing into the pores of your feet. Exhale, longer, stronger roots growing down into the earth. And one more, breathe into the pores of your feet. Exhale, down, those roots go longer, fatter, stronger, wider roots down, down, down into the earth. So you feel this deep connection with the earth, feeling so grounded and just breathing normally and naturally right now, you just imagine that all that grounded energy that you have created right now is just drifting up your entire body, your feet, your legs, your lower, middle, upper torso, your arms, your neck, your head. You just allow your body to feel this calm centered, grounded state that you are in. And then when you're ready, just take a nice deep breath in and exhale. Oh, that's so good and so simple. (laughs) Now, if I could just remember to do that when I'm feeling anxious, that would be fantastic. (laughs) Every time you see a tree, it'll be a reminder. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that bit where you think of your feet as sponges on the ground. That was really, that was a really powerful uh, note in my mind because I could actually see and feel that. And I, and yes, you're absolutely right. 60 seconds and you feel calmer and it's Mm -hmm. a powerful thing to learn and practice for everyday life, not just whilst we're in the midst of a virus, but whenever you're feeling worried, anxious, or uncertain, you can do that in 60 seconds and be calm. And once you start practicing it all the time, your life becomes calmer. Is that correct, guys? Yes. um, You know, that means you've got tools when you're out there in the world. And um, as long as you you recognize that you're in that state of stress, it's so easy to just reach into your toolbox and pull out one that works for you right then in that moment. And uh, the beauty of it is people around you may not even know that you're doing it. That's exactly right. No one needs to know because you're just being quiet, breathing and having a conversation in your mind which brings me back to a wonderful question about uh, constant worrying thoughts and how they loop around inside your brain 
And I know a lot of people struggle with this. So you'll have a, a worrying thought and it'll come and you'll get rid of it and it'll come and you'll get rid of it and it'll keep coming. So how do you reduce those looping, worrying thoughts? Well, the first step is exactly what you said, is to actually recognize that you're having that thought. And I think a lot of what really works is to be in a state of curiosity instead of being in a state of judgment. So instead of having that thought and judging it like, oh, I can't believe I'm having that thought, that negative thought that, you know, I'm obsessing about something, rather than that, what if we were curious and said, okay, interesting point of view, I'm having that thought, and that's cool, but it's just a thought. And once we shift our perspective on it, the thought can lose some of its energy and we can start to shift out of it. You can also choose not to believe that thought you're having. Yes, yes. So it's a wise, that's a wise, a, uh, wise, I was going to say a wise man once said, don't believe everything you think. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, Ken wants to know, how can we feel this all through the body? Ken, I probably need you to just clarify, how can we feel the calm through our body? Is that is that my understanding of your question? Because if it is, that doing that simple 60-second breathing that we just did with Tamara will actually make you feel calm if you're doing it correctly and being in that moment and only thinking on your breath. Is that my correct understanding, guys? Yes. Uh, not only that, you know, sometimes uh, people are so stressed out or anxious or worried or upset that trying to do a breathing technique is just not doing it for them. So let's even give another way that you can get really calm, centered into your body. First, let me start by saying when you do focus on your body, because one of yeah. the things I did did uh, in that little exercise was I had you, you know, focus all that energy up into your mind, right? And lowering, yes. purposely, consciously lowering it down to your body, to your feet, feet, feet. As soon as you tune into your body, you, you become present because the mind um, is taking you at another place. But as soon as you get into your body, you become present. But that said, you can actually use your body to help you release stress. So we have these energetic lines like that run up and down our bodies called meridians. Now we have yes. chakras that are like energy vortexes, but uh -huh. we also have energy lines. And when we, yes, you're, you're very familiar with this, Tony, yeah. aren't you? I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. So, um, when you are really having trouble um, kind of stepping out of, uh, uh, you know, uh, anger or upset or worry or whatever, it, there's some blockage. Your, your energy is stuck and it's not easily flowing through your meridian lines that run up and down through the body. So it's great to do something like body tapping. 
So if you like for if we're right now, for example, just take your fingertips or the heel of your hand, either one, and you can just start tapping right over the center of your chest, right over the heart center, but on the sternum. And you just tap, 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 tap with your fingertips or the heel of your hand, whatever whatever's more comfortable. And as you keep tapping, 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 tapping away, what begins to happen is that those meridian lines that run through that area begin to open up and free themselves of stuck energy. And if you just, those who are listening just want to continue tapping throughout the rest of this show, go ahead. You can tap as hard as you want or as light as you want. It doesn't matter. You're still going to have this sense that when you do stop tapping, you're going to feel this opening, this uh, that expanded open feeling that I was talking about before. So it's a great thing to do. So is the heart meridian the most powerful one to make sure you've got unlocked? It, it, it actually depends on what your um, what is really bothering you. So for example, if there's quite a bit of anxiety uh, happening for you, then you may want to tap over the um, middle part of your back, right where your kidneys are because that can hold anxiety. If you're sad or feeling depressed, then you're going to want to tap right on the uh, left side, right under the ribs. That's your stomach meridian line. And if you're really angry, uh, you've got to get it out. You want to tap over your liver, which is right uh, where the ribs end um, on the right side of your body. And if there's too much thinking in your brain, you may want to tap all over your skull with Uh your fingertips. Okay. So it kind of depends on what's going on. Um, But the heart, you know, tapping over the heart, there's a lot of meridian lines that run through that area, that, you know, that general area. So that usually is pretty good for um, just generally um, just doing it on a regular basis. It's a great thing. Fantastic. Okay, so that's why I find that tapping my foot when I'm anxious helps me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. And here's an interesting thing. If you're having yeah. trouble falling asleep, yes. right? So just, okay, just imagine you're like you're, you're lying in your bed or uh, you have your, your, let's say you're even sitting on the floor with your feet out in front of you right? And just imagine the balls of your feet, the sides of your feet are, are, um, you know, next to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So if you keep the heels together and open your feet in a V, and then you bring them together and you keep tapping with your feet, keep bringing the the balls of your feet together, like an open V and a closed V, open, close, open, close, tap, tap, tap. What you're doing is activating your base root chakra. You're, again, lowering the energy out of your mind that's keeping you from sleeping. It lowers the energy down, down, down to the root, down to your feet. And you do that, and I promise you, you'll be able to get to sleep. So it do works. you have to be sitting, Tamara? Do you have it, to? Sitting or lying down okay. or however you can get, or sometimes I just do it on the couch. 
uh-huh. you know, or the sofa. I'm sitting there with my legs in front of me, and I'm ta- a lot of times <laughs> people people might think we're nuts, but David and I like to tap our toes when we're our feet when we're watching, you know, let's say a movie. Yes. We're just tapping yes. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. I get that. Um. I, I'm conscious of time and it's been such a wonderful conversation, but I want to get through a few more things. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about is logging into nature to ground ourselves, particularly at the moment when we're all so anxious about the virus. How do you do that? How do you log into nature to ground yourself? One of the beautiful things that nature is always showing us by example is that Life is not just growth, but it, or what we would call life growth, when things are blooming, when leaves are on the trees, when grass is growing. But there's also the decline of life and yes. the, the nearing towards the death part of, of the cycle. And nature does it with such dignity and is never afraid to, to embrace that part of the cycle. And so for us, that's a powerful example of, you know, mortality, basically, that we have such, um, our egos are so invested in, you know, being here forever, but we know that's not possible. And, um, you know, we all struggle with it. I struggle with it myself that, you know, I'm not a permanent fixture on this planet, but nature is a powerful, powerful example of so many things and particularly that. But having said that, um, just going out and appreciating nature and the beauty of it and the the symmetry or the lack of symmetry in nature um, the fact that it is it does flourish and grow uh, under adverse circumstances and that it um, it's there you know just not just on a site basis but the smell the touch we can get uh, you know much more sort of in a um, more tactile relationship with nature than we typically do or take our shoes off and just enjoy our feet connecting with the earth in the grass. Yeah. David, I've got uh, one more question before we run out of time. Can you tell me what your virtual waiting room is and what's the concept behind that? Sure. We originally spent a lot of time in waiting rooms waiting for scans, doctors, and that was very stressful because of the TV programs they played. So we created something called Loving Meditations TV, which is a calming oasis of, uh, you know, just peace that doctors can put in their offices. Well, now with the coronavirus, a lot of waiting rooms are closed. So we've created a channel on our Loving Meditations app called the Virtual Waiting Room. And it's something that one could use waiting for the doctor on a telemedicine call or seeing in the car. I mean, some doctors actually have patients sit out in their car until they're ready to come into the office. Um, or you could use it at any time when you just need to be to chill out a little bit. So it's, um, it's basically uh, videos, meditations, activations, and uh, other short uh, video pieces to help uh, just de-stress and get a little more peace. Yeah. And that's all available on your Loving Meditations app? That's correct. 
and people I've put up in the chat box for those of you that are listening I've put up all of uh, David and Tamara's uh, connections to social media I've put up their website and their uh, the details of the app and uh, so that anyone can tap into this stuff. I know that um, you guys also run a loving meditations program. And can you quickly tell us in about a minute what that program involves and where people can access it? Well, we have many things that we do, um, and some yes. of them are in the in the form of webinars. We yes. work with um, doctors and other organizations to put on a 60 or 90 minute uh, workshop where we will create the same some of the same experiences you had today on this show and and go beyond that as well. We talk about the science, we talk about the, um, the real life stories, and we um, we actually step people through experiential um, exercises where they can achieve calm in one minute. Fantastic. Guys, we are so out of time and I could have kept talking to you for more. Um, just quickly before we go, thank you so much for taking time to come on Radio Tony today. I've had a wonderful time talking to the both of you. We've learned some powerful techniques for keeping us calm and managing our anxiety, which is not only uh, useful during coronavirus pandemic but it's useful in our everyday life and for those of you listening just jump on to david and damra's wonderful website called lovingmeditations.com the address is also in the chat box for everyone to see i'm incredibly incredibly appreciative of having connected with the both of you uh, before the show and today and i wish you all the best and thank you so much for coming on the show today to give us all this valuable uh, information and tools thank you david and tamara Mm, thank, thank you, Tony. you, Tony, for all you're doing in the world as well. Absolutely oh, wonderful. Lovely. One day I hope to get to New York. It's on my bucket list. Uh, just probably won't be for a little while yet. Okay, well, <laughs> give us a call when you're coming. Exactly. I know some of the most amazing New Yorkers, and I'd love to meet them all in person. Guys, we're out of time today. Thank you, everyone, for all your question and in questions and interaction. You've been listening to Radio Tony, your host, Tony Lontis. Join us next week. And thank you, David and Tamara. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.